This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. Welcome back to another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and I would argue that this podcast is probably going to be one of the most like positive ones I've ever released, so it's great, great news, it's definitely been a tough couple of years, but I'd argue since we began the podcast again, which was now nearly six or seven months ago, so it's been seven months, I believe every single week there's been a podcast, bar maybe one week. So I'm pretty proud of myself. I did not expect this to actually keep going. If you want me to be completely honest, when I started redoing the podcasts, I fully expected myself to stop doing them after a month and a half. Um, But I'm very, very happy to say that I haven't. And uh, yeah, so it's it's great to be back again this week for another podcast. This one, like I said, going to be great news. There's a lot to discuss. There will still be a massive aviation segment in this, but... I wanted to get uh, some personal news out the way that you may probably you have no idea about um, unless you're following me on Twitter. Otherwise, you'll have no idea. And there's also some stuff that I've not even discussed anywhere. So maybe a podcast exclusive. So definitely stay tuned. That'll be the stuff I'll cover first. And then as we progress towards the back end of the podcast, well, I should say the second half, we will be taking a look at the developments within Australia. There's a lot going on. I mean a lot. In the past 24 hours, um, routes have restarted, aircraft are coming back, airlines are restarting flights. There's just a lot to cover. And because I feel like one of the biggest talking points of this podcast has been international travel, I feel like it's only right that we take a look at that in detail rather than just a four-minute video. So let's begin with me. Um, Well, firstly, I want to say I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're staying safe. To those that are coming out of lockdown enjoy it and to those that are just living their life i hope you're doing well especially as some restrictions begin to ease if you're going to see loved ones or family whatever it may be do enjoy that let's begin though um an update regarding university now if you've been listening for a while you probably recall that i applied for university a couple of months ago um i got two offers back so uh, I applied for five five courses, pardon me, in total, um, and I only have got responses so far to two, but they're both acceptance. So I got accepted into university with two conditional offers. Uh, this is for next year to study within the United Kingdom. Um, so yeah, permitting everything next year, I'll be studying in London, and that's very, very exciting. That pretty much confirms that I will be returning uh, of course, so there are the final bits and bobs. I'm, I'm saying this now with the the rare chance that it won't happen. I'd be very, very concerned now if something goes wrong. But yeah, I'm very. I didn't expect to get any offers at all. Um, I'm not the most academically gifted person, and uh, 
I definitely was not expecting to get an offer this soon, but I'm very, very happy about that. Once I pick the specific course I'll be entering, I will tell you, like, what I'm specifically studying, but, um, it's, it's mostly around all media and stuff like that and journalism, so I will pick the specific course I'm going to take, and yeah, that, that'll be really, really cool. Uh, it will definitely mean, though, that I'd argue probably YouTube will go on the back burner a little bit, and that does not necessarily mean that videos will stop, but uh, they will not be three a day. <laughs> that won't be sustainable to be uh, publishing three videos a day. But don't worry, that doesn't mean I will stop doing that, say, tomorrow. It means that there's still going to be probably another year of really rapid uploads, and then I think I'll probably switch to maybe... Uh, say the main channel gets one video on Tuesday and then on Wednesdays the second channel Thursdays the main channel and it'll be a little bit more spaced out just to prioritize my education but that's that's very exciting news and I'm very happy about that and I guess now is the planning and saving of the money uh, money and everything like that moving along uh the next thing to take a look at is actually borders so for people that have Again, been listening to the podcast, you'll know I'm trying to get to Canada, and it's pretty much confirmed that I will be able to go to Canada uh, this December. Uh, basically, international travel is resuming in a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, so I'm definitely going to be able to go now, and I'm very, very happy. Uh, look, I don't want to jinx myself, but if somehow I don't end up going because restrictions get put back in, I think I will crumble. But as of right now, I'm going, so I'm starting to plan everything and looking getting the suitcases. I need to buy two new suitcases, actually. So, look, if you've got any recommendations of shell cases with four wheels that are big, please do send me an email or let me know on Twitter or the Discord, because I am looking. I need to buy some suitcases for myself. I was previously using uh, my parents' suitcases, and on the way back from London, one got smashed. Actually, no, it was from... It was actually, funnily enough, on the domestic flight, the wheels all got smashed in, so it doesn't work. Uh, And I need to get two large ones, obviously... I'm going to be moving back to London and I'm going to need the space and everything like that. And obviously going to Montreal, I'm just looking at sort of having two extra large ones and and moving around with them and maybe looking at one smaller one uh, because I've been given a very, very exciting opportunity that I will not be revealing like what it is specifically because I don't know if I'm going to be doing it and I don't want to say, hey, I'm going to go and do this and it doesn't eventuate. Uh, But I've been given an opportunity to experience a delivery flight within America in December, which is very cool. I've never been offered that kind of experience before. I'm very grateful and honoured to have been able to be offered that experience. Uh, But like I said, there's a lot going on with sort of government restrictions. And um, obviously I'm going to Montreal a couple of weeks. I'm going to Montreal at the end of December. So logistically, it's about trying to work that out and everything like that. If I'm able to, if I am going to end up going, there'll there'll be a lot more revealed. And um, But yeah, so potentially, if I did go ahead with this, it would be two trips to America in the space of uh, two and a bit weeks. So <laughs> that would be um, definitely tiring. <coughs> Pardon me, definitely tiring, but hopefully it would be very cool for people that would be watching the channel because I have never published content like that as I've never been offered the opportunity. Um... Of course, it's the opportunity is not where I am, which is always kind of typical uh, that I'd have to go over there, but it's something I'm going to look at, and we, we shall see. If not, that doesn't happen. There's still an, another exciting opportunity that I haven't discussed, 
um, that is in the United Kingdom, which I'll, I'll definitely be able to get sorted because I am heading back there regardless. And that actually involves the HS2, people at the HS2 now. If you're unaware of what the HS2 is, just go and check the second channel. But for those rail enthusiasts that are indeed listening, um, you'll probably know what the HS2 is. But a lot of people that work there actually have been watching the videos um, and they want to get me on site and make have me make a bunch of videos and stuff like that, covering everything that's going on with the construction and, and continue going back and providing content and showing the progress on the rail. And that is sick. Like, that is so, so cool. But as per usual, I'm now not no longer in the country. So they wanted to get me on the site ASAP, but unfortunately I can't do that at the moment because I am locked in Australia. But... Because I am looking at returning, well, not looking, I'm most likely going to be returning. I'm, I'm hoping that that will be able to be sorted when I'm back. And then whatever type of content I look at producing, you guys will get like an inside look into the HS2. And I think that's something I haven't really been able to do ever before. Um, obviously, there's a lot of travel vloggers and trip reporters and reviewers. And I think um, because I am not someone that shows my face in YouTube videos. I've never done that bar live streams. I just don't think it's necessary. I don't see a point in it. And I'm not going to lie, I don't really want to sit in front of a camera at 3am if I don't feel well type of thing. It's it's just not really my thing. So obviously, um, I'm not necessarily the first go-to person you'd pick for this kind of thing. I, I definitely know that there'd be other people that you'd go towards. I could name like 25 people that that I'd pick, even more that I would pick to go before me. But hey, it's really, really cool, and I'd be very interested in, at seeing what type of content I could make, and it'd be different for the channel, and that's something that... It's not necessarily saying I would want to abandon the content I make, but uh, because that's what I enjoy, but just getting an opportunity to be like, this is what's going on with the HS2, but in person. Uh, it's been a week of better developments after a very long time of sort of... That, you know that feeling when one thing goes wrong and you kind of get punched while you're down and kicked while you're down? It definitely felt like that um, over the past year or so, basically since the pandemic first hit. Maybe they'd be like, you'd go one step forward and then 50 steps back. Uh, and I guess it's been nice to have a week of just some good stuff happening. Uh, so yeah, just to recap, I've been offered a place in university, a cool opportunity in America... And uh, I've known this for a while, I just haven't said anything, but then also uh, an opportunity to go on site for the HS2 and provide content for DJ's Transport. So very, very exciting stuff. Oh, and then also I'll be able to go to Montreal to see my partner for the New Year's, which will be very, very nice, seeming COVID's kept us apart. And that has also been very hard. Um, other than that, I can't think of necessarily any other amazing news um well the family dog is growing for anyone that's unaware i have a sausage dog <laughs> he's growing a nose because obviously when they're a baby they don't really have a definition of their snout but he's definitely growing a nose he's very cute um other than that well we came out of lockdown well i, I say that i think people a lot of people maybe misunderstand that uh we're basically still unable to do most things it's just now we're sort of allowed to leave the home uh, there's still restrictions everywhere, but restrictions are beginning to ease. I believe by Halloween we'll be able to um, do a lot more, as in retail will open up, cinemas, gyms, uh, everything. It's again, it's it's a similar thing to the United Kingdom that I was always so confused about. They always open up like pubs and things before um, health places, like the gym, and I, I always find that funny when 
if anything, they're trying to promote being healthy type of thing. But then they're like, no, 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 go to the pub and drink all night instead of opening these the resources for people's mental health and um, and fitness. So I'm excited for that to reopen up. Uh, I am actually planning on uh, visiting some stations within Melbourne. There's train stations. I do want to do some filming while I'm here. Because like I said, I'm not going to probably be permanently residing in Melbourne. So while I am here, it would be cool to sort of make the most of the transportation system. Uh, I may be looking as early as in a couple of days to head out to one of the stations and do some recording. And I'd put that up on the channel. And I think I'd be very... When I say the channel, I mean the second channel. I think I'd be very interested to see the response with that. Uh, That's because I don't believe it would do well. As in, I don't really think that many people would enjoy it. Um because I've definitely accumulated a big UK base, a viewer base, and, and a bit in America, but definitely my fo- my channel focuses around uh, UK rail developments rather than, say, uh, Indonesian or, like, Canadian or Australian. But, hey, maybe people will be open to new things and it'll be cool for them to see different sorts of trains. I know for me personally, um, having been so used to the UK rail scene and then coming here, it's definitely a shock. I wouldn't say it's a good shock, uh, it, definitely the UK rail scene to me is more exciting than what is here uh, with regards to passenger travel. Uh, there's obviously some cool freighter uh, trains that we have here, but it's definitely not as exciting as your high-speed ones that are going up and down the um, the UK. But it, uh, it is what it is. I'm definitely still going to go to some of the main stations, probably in the city, and, and grab some footage if I can. Fingers crossed I don't get told off. That was something I dealt... Um, some problems I dealt with while... Um, in the last couple of months that I was in the United Kingdom, I frequently was visiting stations, pardon me, and then was being told to leave for filming. And then um, it'd be always funny because I would then like contact the station and would be like, do I need a permit? And they'd be like, no, just come and, and have fun and just, you know, stay behind the yellow line, which I do. I would n- It honestly annoys me when I see people go over the yellow line. That's something that really aggravates me. But so I wasn't even doing that. And I was like, but, but I got told off. And then it just sort of turns out that it depends on who is monitoring the station and who is walking there. They can either, and that's what's happened before. I have had people that, you know, will come and chat to me and be like, "Oh, what are you like? What are you doing?" Just curiously, I'm like, "I'm recording the trains." Like, "Oh, have fun. Um, let us know if you need anything." And then there's some that will sort of just kick you out. It very much depends on the day. But I was definitely on a bad run of luck of being kicked out of the stations, and that definitely was a bit um, demotivating and demoralizing to uh, usually make the trek out to certain. I mean, for instance. I'm not sure if I even covered this in the podcast, but I actually travelled all the way up to Liverpool, which is meant to be a popular destination for trains, and um, basically got told to leave the station. Now, this was after spending a couple of hours on the train and uh, planning the whole day around visiting there, and uh, then being told to leave. And, and I was like, well, but, but I did contact you when you said it'd be okay. And like, yeah, but today's different because Liverpool's playing, and Liverpool is the football team. And I was like, actually, no, it may have been Everton. I'm not sure, but they were like, oh, no, we can't do that. I'm like, but why did you tell me? You already knew the schedule, like, a couple of days ago. And this is that thing of, and then I wasn't able to do anything. So basically sat in the um, station for seven hours. So like I said, it was a bad run of luck. So hopefully the stations in Melbourne are a bit kinder. Um, I'm trying to, at the moment, research some spots where I can get the most traffic. I do believe that it probably won't be still as busy. Because like I said, we're only just coming out of lockdown now. So I don't, I wouldn't think that the rate of services would be as high as pre-pandemic or when the bits melbourne was not in lockdown if you were unaware melbourne is the most locked down city in the world uh so that's kind of evident of how the past couple of years have really been here so we'll see uh, how quickly everything resumes but it's good signs and i am excited even if it doesn't 
amount to train spotting. I just would love to do some photography in the city center. I will plug it, but I do have a Flickr. I don't really, I honestly, I don't post that often. I need to start editing uh, some pictures, but I do just love general photography. And alongside plane spotting, there are some just general photography of Scotland, the UK, uh, soon to be Canada. So I'll definitely be doing photography in Canada in the snow. And, and hopefully I can get some cool images in Melbourne. Obviously, I'd love to um, take some videos as well of the tram network. Melbourne's got some stunning trams. So that's something I'm looking at also bringing on the second channel. Uh, that's probably where maybe I would say the tram network in Melbourne definitely makes up for maybe the, the passenger rail network, which is not as cool as the UK, but I think it makes up for the, the trams and how you're just sort of walking down some of the main streets in the Melbourne CBD and you've got the trams running past you. So I'll definitely be taking some videos of trams and so forth and uploading that as well. You're listening to the DJ's Aviation Podcast. Stay tuned as we depart into another topic. Now, we're about 16 and a half minutes in, so thanks very much for your patience. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far. I thought now would move on to really the bulk of the aviation section, like we always do in these podcasts. But but this one, this episode is like jam-packed with information, so... Buckle in, stay tuned, there is a lot to cover. Let's begin with Qantas. I think that is where we should naturally begin, and specifically within Melbourne. So Qantas announced yesterday, now when I say yesterday, that would have been Friday the 22nd of October, that they would be resuming international flights a lot sooner than first expected, and this includes out of Melbourne. And there was a lot of unknown around the services from Melbourne. If you've heard me discuss in previous podcasts, not even just related to Qantas, but there just hasn't been clear, concise communication on when the airline would be restarting services. And on top of that, the Premier and just border control, there just was nothing. We were very much in a lull. And I would argue that we've got the answer and pretty much all the confirmation, but they're still... I don't know how to explain it. They're still a bit hesitant to completely confirm it, but they've sort of softly confirmed it and everything is in the works to begin. One of the most exciting things is it means that I will be able to go to uh, Montreal via Los Angeles. Oh, that is something I should mention. How how on earth have I forgotten? This is the problem when I do not mention it down uh, in my notes. My flight was cancelled. The fact I've somehow forgotten that my flight was cancelled and haven't mentioned it to you. Yeah, my flight was cancelled. So basically, my American Airlines flight was cancelled. I found out a couple of days ago and I was rebooked onto a different flight and uh, there was a bit of a problem and you may think to yourself, oh, well, maybe maybe it's the wrong time or maybe you don't want to go on that flight or maybe you don't want to go on that aircraft. No, 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 no. The problem is, is that Qantas rebooked me onto a flight that left at 2 p.m. out of Los Angeles. Again, you may be thinking to yourself, well, hey, 2 p.m.'s perfect. You'd arrive into New York at, you know, about 8 p.m., 7 p.m., maybe 9 p.m. That's, that sounds like a perfect flight. Well, you'd be right, but what the point here that we're missing is I arrive into LA at 7 p.m. So I got booked onto a new flight that I'm not even in the country to take. And that's that's when it all kind of capitulated. And I was like, oh, no. And uh, it was it was hard. It took about five hours. No, it was four hours. Um, four hours for the first call, and then I was spent an hour on hold for the other one. Multiple times I was hung up on and had to recall them back. 
Well, I finally managed to get my flight sorted. I'm now going via Philadelphia rather than New York. I mean, they're not that far away, but it still would have been cool to go via New York. The only difference is I'm... Well, actually, there's no real... Oh, the main difference is uh, I have less of a layover in Philadelphia. So I arrive sooner into Montreal than I was originally expecting, which, hey, that's a win, but it definitely caused a lot of stress and stress that I didn't necessarily need. And, um... Oh, yeah, I've seen a tweet about this, but... You can probably think to yourself, when was the last time you called an airline or a business and you didn't get the the person on the other end saying, uh, the computer saying, oh, we're experiencing a high volume of calls? I feel like that just never stops. Every time I call up an airline or anyone of that matter, it's just, we're experiencing a high amount of calls. The wait time is two hours. And I'm like, oh, like when I called Qatar Airways, I'm like, we're experiencing a high, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I feel like it's never going to go away at this rate. Although I would argue the customer service at Qantas, when I got through to them, was a hell of a lot better than that of Qatar Airways. And that's why I think uh, you'll hear me uh, slate Qantas a lot in these podcasts, and I'm not fond of them. But when I say I'm not fond of them, I'm not fond of the executives and the decisions that have been made higher up. I have nothing against the staff because I've flown with Qantas many times and their cabin crew are lovely. Customer service is usually always very good. But the higher-up executives are really, really bad with some of the decisions they've made, especially in the past two years. They've essentially used the reopening of uh, international borders to their advantage and made it a PR spin. I don't know if you've seen that, but the perfect example of that is the flight to Buenos Aires. I'm guilty because I covered it on my second channel, but it was a massive PR spin. And I get it's like it's, it's a thing of, um, well, it brought back citizens, but you have to understand that they have been terrible with getting people home. They've been criticized massively. They didn't even fly into this region until that point. And you could look at it and say, okay, but at least they did it. And you're right. But they knew f- full well that by doing that, they would get the PR spin to then launch the international flights. There's a lot more to it. And maybe it's not something that you can see with the naked eye, but definitely as someone who's paid very very close attention I, I see i see what they're doing i know what they're doing and this is why i don't i'm not fond of them and i didn't want to give them my business but as always the whole international reopening is is centered around them it's being done to benefit Qantas not Qatar Airways not Singapore Airlines not Thai Airways but Qantas and yes you could expect that but it's definitely frustrating when they were the first airline to give up on citizens overseas uh, but let's move on. So I wanted to say that, yeah, my American Airlines flight was cancelled. Qantas re- rebooked me. They rebooked me really silly, silly timing. So I had to call them up at like 1am in the morning. And then I finally got my answer at 5am and I've been rebooked. Regarding trip reports, I'm not entirely sure um, sort of what I would be doing with that. I think I'm definitely going to do the Qantas 787. But I'm not sure whether I'll do the Los Angeles to uh, Philadelphia. And you may be asking why. Well, it's going to be a red-eye flight. Um, and obviously, I'm going to, I'm trying to uh, accustom myself as quickly as possible to uh, American time and Canadian time. And I feel like I would prefer to, I'm going to try and sleep on that flight because obviously I want to wake up and start my day uh, rather than recording. And I, honestly, it's going to be a red-eye, so all the lights are going to be off. So I'm a bit like, well what is there for me to actually record? Not a whole lot. I wouldn't be able to record the departure or the arrival, uh, so I may just focus my uh, attention on Melbourne to Los Angeles and then Philadelphia to Montreal, as they'll be both somewhat night, somewhat day flights. So I feel like that may be the better way moving forward. And then coming back, I'm going via 
Chicago. So I may look at doing, I think that's going to be all day. That's going to be a complete day flight. So we may do more trip reports on the way back. Um, moving to the Qantas news regarding Melbourne, like I said, they're resuming services. Their first one is going to resume on the 6th of November. So a lot sooner than we first imagined, and that will be Melbourne to London. This is actually six weeks earlier than we first thought. Uh, that will go daily, though, on December 18th. And like always, it'll be going through, I believe, Darwin. Uh, on top of that, there's going to be quarantine-free travel between Australia and Singapore. Uh, so they'll be taking off on November 22nd, and these will see three A330s run per week. And this will eventually go to daily on December 18th. Now, you've seen now twice that they've mentioned December 18th as the date for ramping up services. That is because that is also directly tying in with Qantas resuming Melbourne to Los Angeles. Now, that's the flight I'm going on. That will be resuming on December 18th. So the way I'm seeing it is they're making a, let's not just say gradual, but very much a rapid uh, reintroduction of services. But their massive ramp up is going to be coming December 18th, when a lot of those services that we're now going to be, say, two times weekly or three times weekly, will be going daily, and then they'll introduce a handful of others. The uh, Qantas CEO said, It's great to see Melbourne reopening and the decision by the Victorian government to remove quarantine requirements for fully vaccinated travellers will make it easier for people to take the trips they've been longing to take. And that's another one of the major takeaways. Uh, Victoria and Melbourne generally has announced that there'll be no quarantine, either hotel or home, for fully vaccinated travellers. Now, that means that as an Australian citizen or a permanent resident, I believe you'd be able to leave the country and come back and not have to quarantine at all. You just need you just need to provide, pardon me, a negative test. This is very much the way forward. I think it'd be very backward of um, us to keep that, especially when you're seeing all these other countries not have that anymore. So it's great to see, for the first time in a long time, Australia really moving forward with the rest of the pack. I say Australia, it's only at the moment, I believe, New South Wales and Victoria that are opening up this soon. Some other states will follow. And then there's, I think, Western Australia are refusing to open up. Jetstar are also going to be ramping up their international network, uh, Melbourne and Singapore as well. And they're looking at Phuket, but that is from Sydney for three times weekly. So it's going to be a massive ramp up. And it's honestly, yesterday was one of the biggest days for Qantas I think we've seen in a very, very long time. And it's not necessarily hard to see why, given everything that's been going on in the industry. And while you could definitely argue that um, the an order is big news, I would say that the news over the past day for Qantas is arguably the biggest of their history. We're not just talking one route returning. We're talking their whole international network being reinstated, pretty much. We're talking a whole new flight from Sydney to Delhi, with them finally returning to India. We're talking their Airbus A380s returning earlier than expected. We're talking 787s coming uh, onto their fleet quicker than expected. Like, it's a massive, massive day um, for them, and uh, it's cool for the staff. And I think, honestly, that's one of the biggest things. It's great for people that need to go somewhere, but I'm definitely taking it as it's brilliant for the staff, the staff that have not worked for such a long time, not just at airports, but also within the airline. They're finally going to be able to go back to work for those that are still employed, and I think that's that's perfect, and that's something we're definitely... One of the biggest one of the biggest positives alongside obviously people being able to go and see their loved ones they have not seen in a very, very long time. So that's the news regarding Melbourne. 
and Qantas, but I thought we'd move away from Qantas just for a second. Cathay Pacific is actually ramping up their Sydney and Melbourne flights from this coming November. They're not the only airline that's done this, but notably, Cathay Pacific have by no means um, been in a comfortable position during this pandemic. They've definitely been in the wars, and one of the biggest reasons has been the lack of an international network that they've been able to keep. Their network has not been robust. Um, a lot of flights have gone missing from that network, and, and they've struggled, really struggled. And uh, obviously, the opening of Australia in certain locations is going to aid them greatly, and no, it's no surprise that they're trying to get those flights reinstated as quickly as possible. Uh, they will be flying from Hong Kong to Sydney and then Sydney to Hong Kong from November 1st. Uh, and also on top of that, they'll be doing Melbourne to Hong Kong and Hong Kong to Melbourne, which, like I said, is very, very exciting to see them back. As per usual, you need to be double vaccinated to be able to do that and um, so forth. So next on the list, and this is just me going through my notes that I have, we're going to go back to Qantas now and touch on something I briefly mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Qantas is bringing back the Airbus A380 earlier than first expected. Their first Airbus A380 will arrive in December of this year, and that does not mean, pardon me, that it will appear on international routes this December. It'll return basically for crew training and crew familiarization. It's been a long time without the A380. I think some of us may forget that by the time Qantas restarts operations with the A380. It'll be in two years. They're planning on launching in April 2022, their flights once again, and they'll welcome the first one in, like I said, this December, and then another will join up. Originally, the expectation was not a single A380 would actually return from the, uh, the desert until 2024. To me, that begged a lot of questions as to whether or not it would actually be worth um, bringing back the Airbus A380. I think a lot of people were under that impression of, well, it'll be 2024, 2025. Are there better alternatives for Qantas moving forward? And I think you could definitely say there are, but they're they're looking, I keep saying definitely, so pardon me with that. But it's great to see them bringing the Super Jumbo back. It's been a bleak two years for the A380, but over the past month, I would say we've probably got the most encouraging news regarding the aircraft returning for a very, very long time. Now, that doesn't directly mean that the program is, say, continuing and it's received 150 new orders in the sense of production and deliveries. Well, the aircraft is pretty much now non-existent. It's disappearing um, from Airbus or sight of Airbus ever producing the aircraft will have gone very soon, but... Sing Emirates, Qatar Airways, uh, you've got on top of that British Airways, Singapore Airlines, Qantas, all bringing this aircraft back is, is great to see. And uh, like I've said many, many times, got to learn to appreci- these, appreciate these aircraft while they're still here. You can hate Airbus, you can hate the A380, you can hate Boeing, you can hate the 747, but at the end of the day, they're aircraft within this aviation industry, and one day they will not be flying anymore. And I think it's best to just, if you like planes... Um, well, I think all of us like planes, so I've never understood why there's so much hate towards an aircraft manufacturer as an aircraft, but just just enjoy it. That's how, what I would say. If you see an A380, make the most of it. Take pictures of it. And the same goes for a 747. If you're very lucky to see a 747, make sure you take pictures of it. Those photos will be absolutely valuable to you. In fact, uh, a couple of days ago, I got a picture from my mum of a Qantas 747. Now, 10 years ago, I don't think anyone would have batted an eyelid at that, but that Qantas 747 is now no more. And I look at that photo and think to myself, oh my God, it's, that's so you know precious that I have that photo. And apply that same logic to every aircraft. Now, there'll be people that'll be listening that may be 50, 60 and 
have experienced this, but I know there's people that are younger that listen to this and have not really experienced a massive retirement of an aircraft before. So you have not really had that feeling of taking the picture of something and and seven years later returning to that very picture and being like, wow, that's gone. So that's that's where I come from when I say make the most of every opportunity to see an aircraft. No matter how annoying it may be, you just never know. Because did we think this, pardon me, did we think this global pandemic would happen? No. I don't think any of us saw this happening, nor did we see all the retirements that followed. And I look back at my LAX photos and unfortunately... A lot of the planes I took pictures of are gone, but at least I managed to get pictures. And hey, that's not even planes, that's airlines. You know, I've got the, the pictures of Wow Air. I've got the pictures of Norwegian when they flew internationally. There's just a lot. So definitely definitely keep that in mind when you're plane spotting. That's one of the my top tips that I would have. Uh, so like I said, the A380s will be returning very encouraging signs there. Alongside that, Qatar Airways is bringing back daily services to Sydney and Melbourne, and that's really your one-stop way to get to the United Kingdom, unless you want to go to Singapore or Qantas or Emirates and so forth. So really, just the past day has been a lot of announcements from airlines around the world that fly into Australia, finally resuming their services, which is great news. It's very nice to see Australia be finally reconnected with the world uh, in some way, shape, or form. I think one of the funniest things, though, has just been the collapse of the quarantine and the hermit country that is. It's been so rapid in the past couple of weeks. We've gone from refusing to leave, let people leave to go and see a dying relative to being widely open. And I've, I've sought great pleasure in watching everything crumble because as someone that was ridiculed by like people in Australia for needing to come back home because I, I had an expired visa, or I've seen people ridiculed for wanting to go and see their mum overseas or their dad overseas. I've just seen this happen so many times from Australians that I, I didn't think was possible for people to be like that. And it's it's very, very nice to see everything opening up and, and these people getting really angry because I'm just like, well, there you go. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed the podcast episode. I feel like that's where we can end it. Like I said, some great news at the beginning with regards to university, potential future opportunities, and being able to go to Montreal, which, hey, actually means that uh, this podcast is going to get a hell of a lot more exciting in around December when I'm planning to go. You're going to get podcasts about what my thoughts are on Montreal, what I've been doing. You're going to get flight reviews as podcasts. You're going to get stories. There's going to be It's going to be really, really fun to listen to. I promise you that. So, uh, from a standpoint of, unfortunately, I can't bring you with me. And, like, unfortunately, I can't have my phone out as a live stream and be like, hey, we're going to go here. But as so- if you listen to the podcast, there's going to be good stuff coming. I do promise you that. I will continue to keep me updated about, like, future opportunities if I do end up taking that opportunity. Um, other than that, I appreciate you listening every single week, week on week. The people that do return, thank you very much. Whether this is the first time you've listened to these podcasts or the 35th, or you were here back in 2018. Thank you very much. Um, Be safe. Take care. We'll be back next week, hopefully with more positive news. Remains to be seen, uh, but I'm sure there'll be like an aviation segment as always. Um, And yeah, thank you very much. And I will speak to you next time. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. 
Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.